Holly back after a long break. We had a wonderful holiday together with our kids. I hope you all did the same. And I'm just wishing you a happy new year. We spent our week between Christmas and New Year at Disneyland with all of our children. It was very expensive and incredibly fun, but sadly also raining half the time, but we made the best of it, made some good memories, and now I think we're done with Disney for a little while. Um, we've done Disney a lot in the last 10 years. <laughs> Ready to start going somewhere else, but this trip got canceled when COVID came on in March of 2020, literally the day before we were supposed to leave. And so it was time to make good on this trip. And yeah, I've got my husband Derek sitting next to me. He's busy watching car crash compilations, one of his favorite things to do. So if you hear giggling in the background or other such uh, background noise, that is where that's coming from. Alright, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about melodies. What makes a good melody, uh, how we can improve our songwriting as, in terms of melodies, what, um, you know, what is it that makes people compulsively, compulsively have to sing along to certain songs, right? There are certain songs that when they come on, no matter who you are, you cannot help but sing along, right? Sweet Caroline, ba ba ba. You just you have to do it, right? Why is that? What is it to certain melodies that make people so engaged and and which are so enjoyable to sing along and partake of and so memorable? So I'm going to be drawing from a couple of really great articles that I will link to on my website at hyrichards.com on the podcast page. And the first one that we're going to talk about is on thesecretsofsongwriting.com. And it is an article from 2018 called What Makes Good Song Melodies Memorable by Gary Ewer, or Ewer, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his last name, Ewer maybe, E-W-E-R. And he makes a lot of really good points that I agree with and also uh, go by when I'm writing my melodies. And so he starts to talk about a few examples, maybe, of the songs that, that are pretty iconic. You know, Sweet Caroline is, is one. He doesn't mention that, but, you know, I just brought that up. Um, but some other songs, like, say, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Hallelujah, What a Wonderful World. Uh, Gary says that you'll notice two main characteristics. The first is that the melody explores a wide range. And second within the melody, it often incorporates a melodic leap. So wide range means that the notes of the melody are varied enough that they span at least one octave. Uh, melodies that stay within just, you know, a few four or five notes generally are not as memorable, not as catchy, 
not as moving as ones that have a wider range. Now that doesn't mean that your melody has to go all over the place, but the, the thing that makes something soaring or makes it fun to sing along with is in general, something that has more of a range to it. It helps the human ear to be able to distinguish the patterns and to easily identify that melody. It helps to set it apart from other melodies. So a wider range of notes. And with melodic leap, what we're talking about, if you've learned much in music theory, you'll hear terms like stepwise, which means notes that are right next to each other in a scale. If you're moving stepwise, you're just moving up or down one note, you know, in either direction. But when you do a melodic leap, then it's often upwards. Instead of going to the next note up, you take a jump. You jump a fourth, you jump a fifth, you jump a seventh if you're daring, you jump a full octave, you know this kind of a thing, something that has a, a leap, right? I think of things like uh, One Republic's Apologize, right? You say it's too late to apologize. It's too late. You think of um, Oh, well, we're going to talk about an Adele song a little bit later. But yeah, it has a melodic leap in there, within there. So aside from those two things, a wider range of notes, at least an octave, meaning within your melody, you encompass, say, from, you know, tonic to eight in the scale. Tonic or one up to eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Your melody makes use of that full span of notes, meaning within the melody, the lowest note is at least a tonic. The highest note is at least the eighth or the next octave up. And then also having a leap, a jump in pitch within your melody somewhere. And by using those two concepts, what you're going to do is create kind of what I had been talking a little bit earlier about. You're going to create a noticeable pattern that will distinguish your melody from other melodies, will make it catchy, will catch people's, you know, pique their interest, make their ear go, hmm, that's a little different. What is that? And want to figure it out, want to listen again, want to, you know, copy it back to themselves. And there are other kinds of patterns that you can layer in with the melodic pattern. There are repeating rhythmic patterns in a song Uh, repeating melodic motifs. You can have a repeating shape to a phrase where like the words are really, I mean the, the melody 
moves quickly at first, but then it slows down at the end of the phrase. And then it moves quickly really at the beginning, and then it slows down at the end of the phrase. Something like that. You want to make use of those snippets of pattern. Because the human ear, just like the human ear, loves rhyming words. And we talked about that in one of the lyric writing podcast episodes. The ear also likes rhythmic patterns, melodic patterns, something that it can catch to and feel like it understands and it's uh, grasped quickly. Um, So one of the uh, examples... that is probably you know one of the most well-known examples of melodic pattern combined with rhythmic pattern would be Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and a lot of people in the world don't know it by that name but they hear dun 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 and they know it so it's got the ba 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 pattern in the rhythm, and the minor third dun 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 minor third pattern as well. And then that rhythmic pattern, general melodic pattern, continues through the rest of the song. Ba 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 dun 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 you know another example of um structuring melodic patterns with rhythmic patterns would be in a del song rolling in the deep uh rolling yeah so rolling in the deep we could have had it all rolling in the deep she's uh toggling back and forth for the most part between two notes. We could have had it all rolling in the deep. So obviously it's more than just those two notes. Um, but she's going back and forth. Da, 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 da. And keeping that same uh, rhythmic pattern through the whole chorus. We could have had it all rolling in the deep. You had my heart inside of your hands, and you played it to the beat. So that last line, you know, it's a little bit different, but those first three hold to that same pattern. So as a as a listener. You feel like you quickly grasp it and want to sing along. Uh, The second article that I really liked is a newer one written in 2021, I believe, just November, so not too long ago. Uh, It is on the Masterclass website, and Masterclass offers a lot of really great content, all subjects, but uh, especially with creative things songwriting all of that so check that out Um, it can be a little expensive but i have done it before and have found it to be very valuable and worth worth the money invested so 
go to masterclass.com. This is not a paid promotion. I just really do think they offer really great quality uh, courses. So this article is called How to Write a Melody, Nine Tips for Writing Memorable Melodies. And so we'll just quickly touch on the things that they talk about here. So the first thing that they say is to follow chords. So if you're having a hard time coming up with a good melody, start the writing process by getting your chord changes down. So just figure out, I like this chord, I'm moving to this chord, I'm moving to this chord. And then you can let a new melody come from that chord progression. Again, try to keep in mind, not just following in stepwise motion or doing anything in a boring or bland kind of way. Try to really utilize all of the notes within in the key that keys key or keys that you're working in the second tip that they have is to follow a scale uh, so you can start with a minor scale or a minor key a major scale or a major key uh, if you want to go even further than that they suggest you can try a dominant scale or an altered scale or a different mode like a modal scale um, and we don't have time to kind of go over what all of those are but if you know you want to learn more about that there's all kinds of stuff about it online to learn uh, the third that they have is third suggestion they have is writing with a plan and I, I really have learned to appreciate this. So freeform songwriting can be liberating, and there's no denying that sometimes you just have a great melody come to you out of nowhere. And that's happened to me a lot of times where you just almost feel like you hear it in your head, or sometimes you do, and you think, I'm crazy. And you ask the person next to you, were you just humming right now, or am I crazy? And they say, you're crazy. And then you say, great, I'm crazy. And then you run off to your room and you write down what it is you just heard, or you sing it into your phone or something. And that does happen sometimes. Or sometimes you're just improvising and, you know, and something great comes from it. But sometimes it is good to sit down and write with a plan. And so sometimes it's good to Think about what is it that I'm really trying to say in this song. Focus on that message. Focus on crafting that message into a good chorus first. And then you can work backward from there. You can figure out how do I build, what kind of verse is going to build into this chorus in a way that's really satisfying. And... It also what that also does is it really encourages you to diversify your melodies because a lot of times people will start with an interesting melody but they apply it to their verse and then when they get to their chorus they've used up their interesting melody and then their chorus is really boring so sometimes you gotta just you gotta save that best melody for the chorus for the, the catchy repeated part um, rather than using it on your verse. So if you've got a really catchy melody and you stick that to your chorus first, you often can be more inspired to then come up with a completely 
different but complementary melody for your verses rather than vice versa. Their fourth, their fourth tip is to give your melodies a focal point. So a, a high note that it hangs on. Um, or sometimes, if it's written correctly, you can make it a low note in the melody that it hangs on. Uh, that's not one that, that I have really consciously worked with. Um, in my own writing, but it is, that is a good, um, good suggestion. Um, yeah, sorry. It is 9.20 at night and I am incredibly tired. <laughs> so I keep like finding myself like trailing off and looking into space. Uh, I'm here. I promise I'm here. Um, this we kind of already talked about with the previous article, their fifth uh, suggestion is to write stepwise lines but add in a few leaps, right? So most vocal melodies follow stepwise motion, but then great songwriters mix in leaps, which are two whole steps or more within the scale, which stand out from the stepwise motion. So we talked about that earlier. Uh, number six uh, suggestion, they say repeat phrases but change them slightly. So if you come up with a short musical phrase, repeat it but alter the notes or the rhythm slightly each time. And, or you can insert a di one different note on each repeat, which then makes it kind of like a puzzle. So they want to listen to it again to figure it out. Add some syncopation just a little bit to the rhythmic pattern. Have a, uh, a beat where you wait and then go back into the rhythmic pattern so it like uh, catches you off guard and, and makes it, interesting and, and different. And their seventh suggestion is to experiment with counterpoint. So counterpoint in music theory talks about having two melodies that are kind of interwoven. They work against and with each other, which is separate from something like a round, which is the same melody that can be entered into at different intervals of, of the, you know, rhythmic progression. Um, so with counterpoint, you'd be writing a single melodic line and then you come and you write a second melodic line, but they can lay on top of each other and work with each other. And so you could experiment with from one chorus to the next, which melody is more brought out, um, do vocal layering, but this gets really complex. So I wouldn't suggest trying to do this from the very beginning, probably best just really try and master being able to write a singular good melody first before we get into trying to do counterpoint. Uh, their eighth suggestion, which I highly, highly suggest doing, is putting down your instrument. So if that's keyboard, if that's a guitar, if that's the kazoo, put it down right away from your instrument. Because we get so attached to our instruments 
and we get attached to our favorite chords, our favorite chord progressions, our fingers, our hands, our muscle memory settle into patterns and we don't even realize it or sometimes we're very aware of it but it's what it's what we do and so if you force yourself to get away from it you can't rely on that you can't fall back on those comfortable patterns that you fall into and you just have yourself you've got your brain you've got your own voice to work through these things maybe you're just singing out loud to yourself Maybe you're just making notes in a notebook, but you're getting away, getting away from that instrument so that you force yourself to think about the music differently without falling into comfortable patterns. It's a great thing to do. I try to do it with almost every single song that I write. And then the last is to get inspired by your favorite artists. Try to have as eclectic of a listening palette as you can. Uh, If there are certain genres you've never really listened to before, listen to a few things and find some songs that you like. Create, you know, playlists for yourself that are varied and wide so that you can pull from all kinds of different sources in your music inspiration and also listen to your songs with more of a songwriter's ear why is it that you really like this artist as opposed to this artist a new they're not new they've been around for a few years but they're new to me i just discovered a band called half alive and i am freaking obsessed with these guys i cannot stop listening to their music it is such an earworm They're coming to Portland in March, and I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to go see them. Um, But yeah, you listen to the music and say, what is it that I like about this so much? What is this that speaks to my soul? And how do they do it? Analyze what instruments are being played. Analyze the patterns of the different instruments or the vocals, etc. You know, spend some time trying to kind of just take one song and just like break it down. Um, and if you have a you know digital audio workstation or even just you know GarageBand is great. GarageBand is basic but awesome at the same time. Uh, for my more involved projects, I, I'm in I'm in Logic most of the time, which is basically like <clears throat> the you know the the next level up from well not even it's like way better than GarageBand but GarageBand is great and that comes standard on pretty much any Apple product um you know get in there and see if you can't just recreate even if it's not exactly just try to recreate even eight bars of your favorite song Try to listen to it, hear what is the bass guitar doing? What are the drums doing? What are the vocals doing? Are there strings? Are there, is there brass being played? You know, how are they layering this stuff together? And just see if you can figure it out. And it gives you an appreciation for that full, uh, the full sound that, that you love, but you maybe don't necessarily know why or 
or how to create that similar kind of a sound, well, figure it out. Try it. And so those are the tips we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Tonight. It is nighttime, as I said. Uh, This will be being released in the morning, but whatever. You can listen to it whenever. I'm really annoying myself in this episode, you guys. Um, But I told myself it's a new year. I'm going to start it back up again. Happy melody writing. I would love to hear your melodies. If you want to send them along to me, you can at holly at hyrichards.com and I'll tell you what I think. Have a lovely, lovely day and we'll talk to you soon.